This morning, I want to speak to you from the book of Acts chapter 27, from verse 14. It's a very long passage that I'll be reading. I've used it before, but I want to use this in a different sense this morning. Acts chapter 27, from verse 14, and I'm reading the NIV Bible. It reads as follows. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. Make a note of that. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Kauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it abroad, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. Underline that. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you, you should have taken advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all of you who sail with me. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island on the 14th night, we were still driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found that it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and they prayed for daylight. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. I believe this very dramatic passage that we are reading fits very well into how this year 2020 has unfolded. And therefore, I want to use this passage on this last Sunday of 2020 to reflect on the year that has been because in a few days, we will be bidding farewell to 2020 and moving into 2021. But let's tell the truth. What a year 2020 has been. Oh, you look like you were not in 2020, eh? It's been a year where we were tested to the limit. A year in which we faced the storms and the storm of COVID-19 we, we, we continue to face that storm and to navigate that storm even now. 
But the question I want to ask is that what we should we do when we are waiting for the crisis to end? And so we see in this passage, which is such a powerful passage, it gives one of the most compelling and exciting accounts of Paul's journey when he experienced shipwreck. Paul had left, uh, had gone on the ship and accompanied with several men who were on board. And we read here that he finally became stranded on a piece of land in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. The period is somewhere 60 AD. At this time, Paul was almost at the end of his ministry. He was a prisoner for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Earlier on, he had stood before Agrippa, a Roman judge who was based in Palestine. He had defended himself for preaching the gospel, made a case for the gospel. And he told this ruler, he told this judge, you have no right to judge me because I am a Roman citizen. You don't have the powers to say anything to me and I insist and I demand that I appear before Caesar to, to make my case. And so successfully, he then was brought on this ship to go and make his appeal before Caesar in Rome. So he was placed on this cargo ship together with other prisoners and they set sail for Rome. As you see in our passage, he had boarded from the island of Crete. Now they are en route. And the Bible says en route, a fierce storm blew the ship, of course. And it looked like all was lost. The storm was more than they could bear. For 14 long days, they were in utter darkness. For 14 long days, it didn't look like things will get better. You may have felt like that this year, that it looks like things will never get better. It looks like we will never ever come out of this darkness. And the Bible says they were driven across the Adriatic Sea and they were pushed this way and that way. And finally, after 14 long nights, they could hear and tell that it looked like they were approaching land. And the captains of the ship then measured the waters and they noted that they were about 36.5 meters deep where they were. Later on, they measured the waters and noticed that they were, the water was 27.4 meters deep, which meant land was not from far. And fearing that they would crash against the rock and run the, the, the ship underground, they dropped four anchors from the stern, and the Bible says they stayed there and they prayed for daylight. So in the midst of the storm, these anchors, even when it was dark, even if they didn't know where they were, even if they didn't know how long the situation would continue, the anchors held the ship steady. And so that's the title of my message this morning. The anchor holds. When we are in crisis, it is the anchor that withhold. The problem is, when we are caught in crisis, we do exactly what these guys did. The first thing the Bible tells us in verse 15, it says the ship was caught by the storm and they could not make head into the wind. They couldn't move forward. So what did they do? They gave way to it and they were driven along. Sometimes when we get caught in a storm, we allow ourselves 
to drift along. What does that mean? We let go of our goals. We forget where we are heading. We allow the situation to carry us. In the time of storm, sometimes we forget our values. We forget that we started somewhere. I'm wondering how many people have forgotten what their New Year resolutions were. I'm wondering how many people still have the assurance that whatever they said was going to happen this year or whatever they set sail to achieve this year, they will still achieve it in spite of the storm that we were in. These men, unfortunately, the kind of ship that they sailed, they didn't have modern day equipment of radars. They didn't even have compasses. And unfortunately, they were caught in a dark night. The stars were completely obscured by the storm. And the sailors were in total darkness. And so when they were in total darkness, they threw overboard. They started allowing themselves to drift along. And unfortunately, there are times in our lives where it looks like it's dark. It's not dark in the sense that we don't know Christ. It's not dark in the sense that we don't know that God is there. But it's really dark. The situation is dark. Problems are around us. We are caught in a storm and sometimes we allow ourselves to drift and we allow the waves to beat us back and forth and we allow the waves to lead us wherever they take us instead of us being anchored in the truth that we know. Instead of us being anchored in the things that God has told us and we allow our problems to push us back and forth. So if I may say to you, Please learn next time, when you get caught in a storm, don't allow yourself to drift. Learn from this year. If you drifted this year, say to yourself, 2021, I'm not going to drift in any way, even if a storm comes my way. The second thing that we see that the sailors did in verse 18, it says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day, they began to throw their cargo overboard. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in crisis, we are tempted to throw out the very things that are important to us because we are under pressure and we want to get rid of it all. So what do we do? We become impulsive. We stop praying. We stop reading the Bible. We stop going to church. We stop doing things that we should do. We give up on our dreams. We give up on relationship. We throw away values that we learned as children. We go back to things that don't help us at all because we are in a storm. And these men threw out things that were valuable to them. They took the cargo and they threw it overboard. I may say to you today, and I want to say to you today, please remember next time when you get caught in the storm, you don't throw away praying. You don't throw away reading the Bible. It's unfortunate that because of the protocols, we, we had to not come to church and, you know, because of lockdown, we couldn't meet in large numbers. Even now we are restricted in meeting in large numbers. And I understand and I'm in support of that. But the downside of that is that people have gotten to a point, unfortunately, where they have now gotten unaccustomed to meeting in church. It becomes an effort for people to wake up in the morning, 
to go to church. But we shouldn't throw away the practices of going to church. What about the disciplines of praying? What about the disciplines of reading the Bible? What about holding on to the loved ones? I mean, I mean, when we got all locked down in our houses, we all became frustrated. For those of you who are hyper, it was really problematic for you to sit one place and look at the same face 24-7, 365, and the tempers went up and the problems got worse. And we even hear that even domestic violence went up because somehow when we went through this problem, we just got into a situation where we started discarding what is important to us. But we are learning from 2020. I will never again discard things that are important to me. I'm not going to lose relationships. I'm not going to do things that are not right because I am caught in the storm. Can I hear a good amen in the house? The third thing these men did, verse 20 says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Wow. In an extreme crisis, we eventually get to the point of despair. And the last thing we throw out is hope. I've learned in 2020 that you know what? Even if you have, don't have all the answers, as long as you have hope in your heart, daybreak will come again. Can I hear an amen? I've learned, I've learned that I don't have to have an answer every time. I don't have to have an answer always. Mara, this one thing I can know. I'm going to put my hope in God and I'm not going to let my hope be taken away. But they lost all hope. They got to a point of despair. They threw away that hope. Maybe some of you, that's how you are feeling like right now. You've been going through so many problems. You've been battered this way and that way. You've come to a point where you have thrown things out. You've come to a point of despair. Remember, the sailors lost hope because they had forgotten that God is in control. They forgot that God had a plan. They forgot that even in the midst of the storm, God can inject hope into an utterly hopeless situation. The amazing thing is this. Even when the sailors behaved this way and all the other prisoners behaved this way, Paul's reaction was different. Paul remained calm. Paul remained confident. Paul had the courage in the time of crisis and he was totally unfazed. The sailor's reaction, unfortunately, was a natural response that we tend to have in a time of crisis. But that should not be our reaction as God's children. The truth is this, our real test of the depth of our Christianity is only seen in how we handle crisis. It's easier for us to live the Christian way when everything is going great. It's good for us, it's easy for us to pray when everything is fine, when all the bills are paid, when we are well in our body, when there is no funeral at home. It's easy for us to be our best in times like that. But real faith is seen when the, when the sun is dark and you are caught in a storm. When you pray, when you don't feel like praying, you still call on the name of Jesus in a time like that. When you take yourself by your ear and drag yourself to church, even if you don't want to go there. 
Paul, in the midst of the storm, behaved differently. Paul, even if these men threw in physical anchors, four anchors, Paul had different kind of anchors. He had four anchors for his soul. It is those four anchors that held him in place because the anchor will always hold. No matter how bad things are, the anchor will always hold. And so what anchors did Paul have? Let me show you. It says here, for 14 nights, we were driven around and the sailors threw in the anchors. Verse 29. Fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stand and they prayed for daylight. You see, the anchor of a ship or of any vessel is designed to hold the vessel in place. An anchor holds the ship in place throughout difficult periods. It is these anchors that kept them from crashing into the rocks which they could not see. There are times in our lives where you can't see your way through. You are just moving from day to day. Even when you wake up in the morning, it doesn't feel like a new day because you are still carrying the things from yesterday. And it is the anchor that's going to keep you from crashing. Because when times, at times when you can't see where you're going, you've got to be fully anchored. You see, the anchor in ancient times was adopted by Christians as a sign because there are many signs that Christians adopted. The sign of a fish, the sign of a dove, the sign of the cross, but also the sign of an anchor. Because in these days, people used to have to navigate the rough waters by ship. And so the anchor was adopted by the Christian community and viewed as a symbol that represented safety. So because of this, it was adopted as a symbol of hope. The anchor was chosen as it holds a ship in place, representing strength and security. In general, therefore, the anchor becomes a symbol of hope, steadfastness, calm, and composure. The safest thing to do when you get into a crisis is to drop your anchors into the troubled waters of life. And Paul maintained his composure in the midst of this because he had the anchor of the soul. Anchor number one that Paul had, he says in verse 23, last night, an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me. That's anchor number one. The anchor of the presence of God. The anchor of the presence of God. Even when storms are fierce and it looks like things are bad, may I remind somebody in this place, God is not going to hide away from you. Paul says last night, even in this darkness, an angel stood beside me. An angel representing God. Maybe in your case, the presence of God may not come in a spectacular way. But it's important for you to understand that God will not forsake you in a time of crisis. We may not see him. We may not feel him. We may think that God is a million miles away. But let me tell you, God is watching us all the time. 
In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Drop that anchor and let it hold you steady. When you remind yourself, He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. You see, God is right there with us. We never go through anything by ourselves. No matter what situation we are going through right now, he is the anchor that we can fully trust. That angel says, don't be afraid, Paul. I'm with you. You will stand trial before Caesar. It's interesting to note that the angel appeared and spoke about the presence of God that is with Paul. The Hebrew term for the word presence is the word P-A-N-I-M, panim. And that word for presence, the presence of God, it means face to face, which means this. When we talk about the presence of God, by implication we mean a God who is close, who has a personal encounter with you. In Exodus 33, we read a very interesting issue here. Moses is going through a storm of leadership. He doesn't know how to navigate the rough seas and the rough waters leading these people. So he complains to God in Exodus 33 verse 12. He says to God, you say to me, I must bring these people. But you have not let me know whom you have sent with me. You have said to me, you know me by name. And if I have found grace in your sight, please show me. Verse 13. He says, therefore, I pray you. If I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know that I find grace in your sight and consider these are your people. And God answers him, that one line fell. God says to him, Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Moses, when my presence is with you, you will be anchored. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In Hebrew, it's a very interesting wording there. The wording reads, Panai Yelechu, which means my presence will go. Literally, it means my faces will go. What God is saying is this, Moses, you know me in part right now. You just know me as far as your experience is concerned. Now that you are about to go into the dark times of crisis, where it's all dark around you, you are going to discover things about me that you didn't know all along. As you go in crisis, you will see another side of me that you didn't know before. You will only know me as you navigate each day, every day that goes by. You will know me better and better and better. Do we have people in this place who say, now I know God better in 2020 than I knew him in 2019. And as I move on, I am assured, come hell or high waters, come any storm. I know that God will bring me through because his presence goes with me. And Paul talks about that anchor of the presence of God. Let it be that anchor of the presence of God. The psalmist says in Psalms 139, I can never escape 
from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. I am here to tell you, you are never too far. You are never too far gone from the presence of the Lord. No matter what you go through, God is with you. Somebody shout hallelujah. God is with me. God is with me. That's what we learned in 2020. In the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the storm, we let our anchors into the rough seas. Even if everything around is being shaken, God held us steady in the midst of a storm. Somebody give the Lord a big shout if God has done that. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big shout. The second thing that was the anchor of Paul is that in verse 24, the angel assured him that he will appear before Caesar. Let me decode it for you. The angel is saying, even if you are going through all this, Caesar God is saying, your destiny and your purpose is sealed and assured. This storm will not, God's, will not stop God's purpose for your life. It may delay it, but it won't stop it. You may go on to a detour, you will get there one day. Every Christian, all of us, we need to have a sense of destiny. That you are still alive today. <laughs> that you are still here, my sister and my brother. It means God has a purpose for your life. And God has kept you for a reason. And God has kept you for a purpose. And God has kept you because he will fulfill that which concerns you. The third anchor is the anchor of God's promise. He says to them in verse 25, Keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. In short, he's saying, God keeps his promises. <laughs> Storms cannot hide our faces from God. Storms cannot change what God has promised. God will come through with his promise. I said God will come through with his promise. I said God will come through with his promise. And the fourth anchor is the anchor of the power of God. Verse 44, the second part, it says, Finally, it came to pass after these men had come to shore that they escaped safe to the land. Only the power of God is strong enough to be your anchor in the midst of a storm. Nothing else. No one else is strong enough. If you are in the storm, you should be anchored in the power of God. Because only the power of God can calm the winds and the waves. 
Listen, Barcelona. God is able to work it all out. God will get you through the storm. And you will land safely. It may look like your boat is sinking. It may look like the storms of life are going to prevail. It may look like the waves are not settling down. But when the winds have ceased and the rains have stopped, when the storm clouds have moved off the horizon, you will see that God was in control all along. These men who were on the land and for 40 nights it was dark and they were praying for daylight. One day the storms cleared and the sun shone through and their lives were saved and the anchor had held and your anchor will hold. I said your anchor will hold. Whatever it is, that you've been going through, God is going to see you through. And so I want to pray with you as we close out this Sunday. I want to pray with you because I know that there are many people whose lives has been moved and shaken, torn. But today you've learned the anchor will hold. Maybe you had forsaken some of your anchors. Maybe you had started resorting to other means and other ways. But I want you to know the anchor will hold. And those of you who want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord, you can receive him right now as Savior and Lord of your life. Let me pray for you. Everybody join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive Jesus into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and God keep you. Remember, he's the only one who's able to hold you in the midst of a storm. Don't run to anything else. Let the anchor hold because only God can do that. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus.